The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. An all-around awful game from the Edmonton Oilers. They lose 4-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. A fifth consecutive defeat for the Oilers. And this season is fading in a hurry. However, still... Over 20 games to go here. Vegas uh, getting a first period lead, scoring a couple more in the third. Eric Hall made it 4-0. Leon Dreisaitl finally broke out, uh, broke up the shutout at 12:31 of uh, the third period. That is your final damage. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, after scoring nine goals the last two games but not being able to stop anything, uh, I mean, the Oilers just generating very, very little on the attack tonight. I mean, really, I mean, maybe four good scoring opportunities. That might even be being, being a bit generous. Well, and three of them came after the Oilers fell behind 4 nothing. You know, when the game was, you know, undecided, when, when the game was tight, it was all Vegas. And they built up the 4 nothing lead in the last seven, eight minutes. Uh, the Oilers did get a couple chances and showed a little bit of spark, but this was a game that, as I said with Bob afterwards, there, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion. There wasn't a whole lot of intensity. And obviously you would expect uh, Vegas would have a little more of that since they're, they've got something to play for. They're playing for, you know, top seed in the entire National Hockey League. But, you know, pride comes in at some point too. And the, the Oilers, too many passengers in a game when you're playing you know, the the number two team in the National Hockey League, you're not going to be able to beat them. And you've, everyone's got to play to their potential or better if you want to beat Vegas. If you have passengers, you have no chance, and tonight they didn't. Yeah, this really, I mean, they, they have known where they are in the standings for a long time, but they really looked like a team that knows exactly where they are in the standings, know there's no hope, guys who know they're... They're going to be traded because, I mean, I guess the Oilers were okay. The first 10 minutes were maybe even. They got a power play and then didn't score, and then it was just Vegas dominating. Well, we've talked about it over the last number of years. When a a team that's coming in that's a lower-placed team, a lower-ranked team in the National Hockey League, as long as the game is close, they have confidence and they feel good about themselves. As soon as a little adversity hits... That's when, you know, the, the body sags and, and the mind wanders and the game goes away. And, and, and good teams talk about that in the dressing rooms. You know what? Let's get on them early. Let's get a lead. It'll kill their will. And, and that's what we saw tonight. The Oilers, when the game was tight at the beginning of the game at 0-0, they get a power play. Had they scored there, it might have been a completely different outcome. But once Vegas scores that first goal, then the Oilers, oh, oh no. And then when they get the second goal, well, they look up at the scoreboard. Here we go again. This is why we're where we are in the standings. So the, you said it best the other night. The desire to play defense leaves. And that's what we saw tonight in, in games. A couple of veterans uh, get beat down low, both Lucic and Maroon. They're there, 
but it's that extra bit that they need, and, and they didn't get it, and Vegas scores goals, and the Oilers find themselves chasing again. 4-1 is the final. Booster Juice donates $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 4-1, Vegas cruises to victory past Edmonton. We have Logan on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Logan. Hey, Simon Reed. Hey, man. So... My comment is that typical first period, down a goal, bad second period, doesn't seem like any Oilers were worried about their jobs. Do you guys comment on that? Well, first of all, thanks, Logan. And, I mean, I, I, I update this stat every game because it just keeps growing. Oilers have played 56 games. They've scored first 20 times. They've allowed the first goal 36 times. That's, that's a big differential. 36-20. In a league where the team that scores first wins 70% of the game. So when you're chasing, uh, you're just putting too much pressure on your team. You, you, you've got to play perfect hockey, and the Oilers are not a perfect hockey team. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Logan mentioned too, uh, poor second period. I mean, Marsha Show gets the tip in goal, Rob. That's one you talked about. Maroon's in the right place, but doesn't tie the guy up, lift his stick, shove him. Impose your will. I mean, uh, there's a huge size mismatch on that one right there. And I, there was a great example later in the game where the Oilers crashed the net and, and Kajula was in front and he just got smothered. And he got up and he was swinging a stick and pushing guys because going in front of the net's got to hurt. If it's easy standing in front of the net, well, you know, this is this is easy. I'm going to stand by the blue paint. And that's what it was. Marcel Show is, is a small player, incredibly skilled, incredibly gifted, but not gifted with size. And, and Maroon, Maroon easily could push him out of the way or all you have to do is put your your stick and arms over top of his stick and arms and keep it down. And if you do that, uh, there's no problem. There, 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 there's not going to be that tip opportunity. But Maroon, just like we saw against Anaheim, just stood beside the, the player in front of his net. Marshall gets his stick up, t- tips the puck, absolutely no chance for Talbot. So if you're already in the right position, give that little extra effort and not allow the tip goal, but uh, well, the, the Oilers, again, the, it's the desire to play good defensive yeah, hockey. and that's the scary part here for the games left in, in the season. I, I mean, they the uh, a blocked shot, uh, a, a check, uh, a desperate play at the blue line to get the puck out, they're not going to be the difference between getting in or out. It's not going to be the difference between home ice in the first mm-hmm. round and starting on the road. You're right, and, and some people, it's in their DNA, and, and it doesn't matter. And, and we'll see, like, Chris Russell, for example, if it's a if it's an exhibition, if it's a it's an inner squad game, he's blocking everything he can. That's just the type of player he is. But what you're going to see, and we talked about it a few games ago, the, the desire for certain players as we get further and further along in the season. It, it it just disappears, and this league is is there's too many good teams in this league. There there are no weak sisters anymore that you can't not do all the little things, and think you're going to have success at the end of the night. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Oilers moving forward here for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 4-1 Vegas takes it. We'll keep going with your phone calls, 780-496-0063 in a couple of minutes. But let's go back to T-Mobile Arena. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Is because of the previous success you had against them? No, uh, they're one of the top teams in the league for a reason. Um, they played better than we did tonight. They uh, they were more opportunistic and 
the chances they had, uh, especially early in the game down low, and some of our wingers got caught playing low versus our D, and uh, they took advantage of it. And then the third one we'd obviously like to have back, and that team doesn't need more than a, a two or three goal lead to to shut it down. I thought they did a real good job, so not a surprise. How you like um, the start to the game? You guys had an opportunity on the power play there, but didn't uh, capitalize. Well, we, you know what, it was a pretty evenly played game for a while, and then they score and, and uh, take the lead. And as I just said, they don't, uh, once they get the lead, they lock it down and they, uh, they skate, they check hard. Um, anytime we found a way to penetrate near the net, I thought the goaltender was outstanding and uh, not a lot of work, but he did make some really good saves. Details is a word that you've been bringing up quite a bit. A couple of your veterans in the locker room just talked about it again. How do you get the team to buy into that a little bit more, and how do you continue to maybe get that messaging pushed across? Well, we harp away at it. We pound away at it. Um, I, I think the will to do it's there. It's the, Sometimes it's the technique. Sometimes it's the timing. Uh, I'm not sure that it's negligent, but uh, it has to get better. And, uh, and uh, for us to win games, the details got away on us uh, three or four times tonight, and they capitalized. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Good summary at the end. The details got away from us three or four times on the Golden Knights capitalized. Rob and I were talking about a couple breakdowns on the first uh, two goals. Talbot had a tough game on Monday against Florida. Made some good saves tonight. I mean, he faced the more dangerous chances, but the uh, power play rushed by William Carlson. You you wouldn't expect that shot to go in most of the time. You wouldn't, and you and I have watched it four or five times. I still don't know how the puck went in. Um, it, it looked like it went in off his body, but I couldn't tell if it went short side, far side. Uh, nurse, nurse gets beat. Carlson's fast. Uh, nurse gets beat, and but he still keeps him into an angle that he can't cut frost, cut across in front of the net. Russell comes back and makes sure that he doesn't. So Carlson has one play, and I mean Carlson's having a great year. It's one of those ones where everything you throw at the net seems to go in. His thirtieth of the season, a career high, but you need a save. You do, and you got a fragile team playing in front of you. Uh, they need you to come up at some point, and not not just win a game for them, but like make a save in a key situation. And we haven't seen that enough this year. William Carlson, thirtieth goal of the season. He's amazing, scoring on about a quarter of his shots this year. He's the first star. Ryan Carpenter, who had a goal, the second star, and Golden Knights goalie Mark Andre Fleury, the third star. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I'm going to go, and you just said it too, I'm going to go with Jujar Kara. Um, if he he showed a little emotion tonight, and every time I see him fight, he's tough. Like he he can throw him, and, and he certainly did tonight. The linesman jumped in very quickly after he landed a strong right, so Jujar Kara is my four-star. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Tony to the show. Hey, Tony. How's it going, boys? Well, we're doing all right, but the team played really bad. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even watch the text. I had, I had no cable. Um, you have no I, cable? I, yeah, I had no cable. We have a bad snowstorm here. Where are um, you? Where are you? I'm I'm in Gibbons, Alberta. Oh, we never knew that. Okay. Um, but no, freaking. Okay, I got a, I got a um, couple questions for you guys. Sure. First of all, I've been hearing rumors, and today I even went on TSN, that the Oilers are actually contemplating getting uh, Hoffman, and they're going to be trading um, Nuge away for that, which... I can see why, because New Jersey Hopkins is, you know, basically the only player that we can really get rid of. Um, and second of all, you guys were saying how, you know, when the Oilers have a power play, they don't capitalize. 
you know, they kind of get down on themselves. Well, any team who can't sc- who can't score on the on the power play at the very beginning of the game, once zero zero, they shouldn't get down on them just because of that. You you know you think that you should you would push harder because you know you want to show that you aren't you know that you're trying to improve. But yeah, it seems like the Oilers haven't done that this season. Can you like I don't know why. I just I like I I'm surprised that they're not wanting to play spoiler right now for all the other teams. Well, yeah, that's I'm, a good good question. I'm, I'm sure they want to. I, I think right now they're still trying to grasp the fact of where they are af- as opposed to where they expected to be. A lot of teams that play spoilers, uh, the expectations for those teams weren't as high. I think uh, two things you brought up, the Nugent Hopkins, that is just someone wrote that, that they felt that that would be a good trade for both teams. I don't know if there's rumor about it. Just someone said, hey, this would be really good. The Oilers need a scoring winger. Hey, the, the, the Ottawa Senators need a really good first-line center. Let's make this trade. So I don't know if there's anything to it other than some guy making that on his own. As for the power play, the the reason that the Oilers, they, they, they sag when they don't get you know offensive chances, when they don't get momentum off their power plays because it's been going on so long. If, if a team with the, a good power play, the Pittsburgh Penguins, came in and they didn't score in their first power play, it's not going to affect them as much because they know that their power play will be successful at some point in the hockey game and win them games. The Oilers' power play has been so bad all season, I mean, 30th in the National Hockey League, that when they don't score, it's, uh, oh, here we go again. Oh, I mean, when are we going to get a break? And, and you can see the body language, and their team sagged after that, and Vegas picked up on it, and they pushed forward. I'd be really reluctant to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins, personally. I mean, again, you never know what's going to come back. There's a lot to like about Mike Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Uh, he's tw- he turned 28 in November, so I mean, he's not old. No, he's but middle mid mid career, three, three years older. Is Nuge 25 yeah, now? Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's he obviously can score. He has 16 this year on a really bad team. Obviously, yep. I mean, Ottawa's having a really bad year, like the Oilers. So whatever, he'll probably get 22, 23. Uh, the three previous years, 26, 29, 27. I, I mean, I, I understand that the Oilers could use a shooter like that. I don't know. I'd just be, be reluctant to trade Nugent Hopkins. Well, this, the, this is a team that hasn't had center or didn't have centers for a long time. Well, yeah, and every time they plug one leak, they open another. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, we need defensemen. So we're gonna trade away our scoring wingers. Okay, now we need scoring wingers. So we're gonna trade away our centers. Okay, now we're gonna need centers. Yeah. Uh, the problem for the Oilers is they're just not deep at any position with nothing really coming up from the minors. Well, and I talked about. I mean, I we've been talking about the drafts lately, Rob. And the other night at Inside Sports, I went into, the, into that in a little more detail. Mm-hmm. Just quickly flip back to my notes here. I, I did the Oilers' last five opponents, and I started with 2010. So the five previous opponents were Florida, San Jose, Anaheim, the Kings, and Tampa Bay. They'd all drafted a 20-goal scorer or somebody who should be a 20-goal scorer this season after the first round since 2010. I mean, great, the Oilers have won lotteries and yeah. got Dreisaitl third. The Oilers' best forwards. No, I didn't count the defensemen, and obviously the last couple of drafts you don't know yet from yes. these guys. But since 2010, the Oilers' three best forwards are Anton Slepyshev, seven career goals, Jujar Kara, nine career goals. Though, I mean, he though he could turn out to be a very good depth player, Kara. Yeah. Though he's not going to be a sniper. And Tyler Pitlick, who's no longer with the team, and I mean he'll be... He's probably going to score 10 to 15. Eight, he'll score probably 8 to 15 the rest of yeah. his career. Yeah, For someone so, else, so, unfortunately. So, I mean, the Oilers, it, it's like they've, they've made it look impossible to find good offensive players after the first round. 
the last in the last 20 years, the Oilers have drafted three 20 goal scorers after round one. Horkoff, Comrie, and Stoll. Last I checked, none of them have been Oilers for a long time. And two of them were pretty key players on a team that went to the Stanley Cup final. Very key. Now, you are going to make trades. You are going to sign free agents. But like you said, when you're just jumping around, plugging holes through free agency and trading, and you've never drafted and or developed. I mean, I know some people say, well, it's not drafting, it's developing. Okay, let's for now, let's just argue basically same difference. You, yeah. have, you have a young player, and he doesn't turn it into much. I mean, it's not... Usually the best players are first rounders. Sometimes even you look after the top 15 and say, oh, there's not not, not a lot of great players. But, I mean, you can find guys who are shooters in the second or third round or or who are fast and can learn how to score. Well, a lot of the guys after the first round have uh, deficiencies. And so you're, you, I guess they're going to have deficiencies. Can you build on them? Can you fix their deficiencies? Can you overcome their deficiencies? And what is their strength? Can you use their strength? And what you're going to see nowadays in the National Hockey League with the salary cap, you have to grow your own talent because you have to get guys that come up through your system mm-hmm. that are playing on contracts of what they're worth. When you start going into the UFA, getting unrestricted free agents, you are overpaying. You never, ever pay yep. a guy what he's worth. Because if, if, if you're just paying him what he's worth, he's, he's going to have 20 different choices. So if you want that guy, you're going to have to overpay him, pay him more than he's worth. And when you start doing that, you start getting into contract problems. Yep. And you can't fill the holes you need to fill, say, a scoring winger for Connor McDavid, because you do not have the money to go out and do that. So you need guys that come. And uh, Pittsburgh's a great example. Chicago Blackhawks go oh, having a, not a great year, but some but of the players that have point, yeah. but some of the players that have come through their system are very good hockey players, and you can afford them, and they can produce at an affordable rate. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I, I don't. I would guess, Rob, I, I don't think the Oilers are going to be torn apart at the trade deadline. I know things come up about Nuge. I know things come up about Clefbaum. Mo- most of the... T- now, if again, if you never know what GMs are talking about, you know, uh, Tony referenced rumors. You got to be careful when you're on Twitter and all yeah. the websites. Who's saying it? What do you think about it? And then sometimes there are trades that... I didn't hear a thing about Patrick Maroon coming to Edmonton two years ago, mm-hmm. and then he came here and had an awesome year last year. Well, that, So just, you, you, you never know, right? But but I, I just... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see like six guys being shipped out at, at the deadline and, and just trying to retool the team. As we've seen, most of the team building happens in the summer. There are usually trades around the draft and then free agents get signed. Well, there's just so much going on when you make a trade now, especially if, uh, with a named player because you have to have... It's all about contract. It, it, it's got to fit into not only this year, but it's got to fit into next year. And if it's longer term, it's got to fit into years going forward. Yep. What does Connor make next year? Who do we have to sign on our own? What restricted free agents? How much are they going to get each year? And now we got to find a way to get it all under the salary cap. So I agree. Unless something special comes up, at the draft, uh, excuse me, at the trade deadline, I expect the retooling for the Edmonton Oilers to start when the season ends and go on through towards the draft and the free agent signing period. I think at the trade deadline, the Oilers will be getting rid of unrestricted free agents and getting back whatever they can. Yeah, and that's Latestu, Camilleri, and, and Maroon. Yeah, and Maroon for sure. Unless they re-sign them. I mean, there's still a possibility. Yeah. They've got, what, 12 days, 13 days? I don't even know what it is till the it's deadline. It's the 26th, so uh, what's today? The 15th. So 11 days till the trade deadline. They have 11 days to get a contract done with him. If not, then they have to move him. 
Oilers lose 4-1. Nowhere near the Japanese Village goal light. They have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a free appetizer coupon to use at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 4-1, the Golden Knights control this game. Adam's up next on the phone line. Quick timeout, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Off the draw, Alex Tuck loads and fires, and a save made by Talbot. Save of the game from Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over 40 years. However, the Oilers lose 4-1 to Vegas. We got the Olympics on the tube here. Rachel Homan just making a double takeout for four. In women's curling, Canada leads, uh, is it Switzerland 6-4 now I after 5? Is it, is it Swi- or is it Denmark? Oh, it's Denmark. My Sorry, apologies. Yeah, Denmark 6-4 uh, Denmark after, uh, after 5. Rachel needs a little confidence right now, too. Yeah, tough to start to her. Yeah, but her that was a big, ago. big shot. Hopefully she'll be able to build off that. Uh, I'll, I'll do a quick uh, promo here for that uh, other sports talk show I do, Inside Sports, tomorrow from 6 to 8. First of all, I'm going to be at the Terwilliger Rec Center for the annual Family Day Classic. Really fun event put on there. And uh, I don't mind saying that I had to record this because of the time change and her travel. I talked to, actually, I missed the start of the Oilers game because mm-hmm. I went back to my desk to record an interview with Caitlin Laws. And she won gold with John Morris in the mixed doubles curling. So I'll have that on Inside Sports tomorrow. I'm a huge, huge fan of her. You better listen tomorrow night, buddy. I will for sure. I, well, I noticed you didn't invite me into that conversation. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk with George today? Didn't hear you talk about the, the Olympic gold medalist. I don't get to talk on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. That's all right. I'm a mean man. You are, but I'm, I'm so excited about mixed curling and the gold medal Canada got. So the Oilers lose 4-1 to Vegas. Our trivia question was kind of a fun one today. Who coached the Las Vegas Wranglers in the ECHL from 03 to 09? I guess the Colorado coach. I don't even Bednar, know who his name is. Jared Bednar. Okay. Uh, and I said, oh, the question was which current NHL yes. coach. So you had a 1 in 31 chance if you just guessed. And there's some guys you could rule out quite easily. There was a few. I went uh, through them all in my head. I thought of Gullison, but I didn't think that was it. It, it is Glenn Gullison. Yeah. Sean knew that. He gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Okay, Adam is on the line. Hey, Adam. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing Okay. That's good. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, I've been hearing a lot about we need wingers, we need wingers, and, you know, earlier caller brought up news for Hoffman. I know that's all just speculation and everything, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on why hasn't Nuge ever been tried on the wing? I mean, a guy like Hoffman has 16 goals. Well, Nuge has 16 this year, and he's been out for the last 10 or so games. I just wanted to get your thoughts on why that hasn't ever been really tried the last couple of years, at least to know if he can be a winger. Like just like on a line with either Leon or Connor, right? Is that, I assume exactly. you mean that. Okay, good uh, question. Yeah. He, he has a little bit, um, not a whole lot. I think that what they liked about him at center is he was very good both ways. He's very good in his own zone. He makes the right play, the smart play. Uh, he's safe. You can put him out against the other team's top players and feel confident that he's going to do a good job defensively. Um, I think going forward, if they keep Ryan here as well as Leon and Connor, uh, and, and we, this is what I talked about at the beginning of the year, that for me having Leon on the wing 
they had to because they didn't have guys that could score the goals. So they needed to do that. Now, again, I if they throw decide to put make Leon your second line center, I have nothing nothing negative to say about RNH playing the wing, and I think they would have to until the Oilers find enough guys that can play the wing and can score consistently. Either Leon, Leon or RNH, one of those two will have to play on a line with Connor McDavid because he needs someone that can contribute offensively consistently. They've tried just about. Everybody, I think Reed Wilkins is next to play right wing with Connor McDavid this year. But yeah, I, you're right. I, I give him a chance, see what he can do at that. Yeah, at there. it'd just be a shame to to trade him for a winger when we don't even know if he could have been that winger, right? And then switch him back. He's got that versatility too. You can put him back as a center if needed. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Yep. You want to finish the play, Adam? Sure, we'll give it a shot. Didn't watch the whole game, but we'll try. Uh, I'm going to make it easy on you. Here we go. To Kara in the far corner, got belted by Miller. Tried the right hand side, and here's an opportunity for a clear. And Riley Smith does, and now we're going to have a fight. Miller and Kara, two guys who can chuck it. Kara lands a couple of right hooks, and then a vicious right uppercut. And Miller's in trouble here. Oh, he eats a tremendous right hook and thudding body punches, ripping shots by Kara. Send Miller to the ice. Adam, who's doing the play-by-play there? Jack Michaels or Rod Phillips? Jack Michaels. <laughs> Absolutely. Hang on the line to refer your prize. Jack calls a great fight. He does. I mean, not a, not a lot of highlights for the Oilers in this game, but he calls a great fight. He certainly does, and that was a good fight. I mean, Jujar Kara can fight. He, I mean, he's going to have a reputation around the league pretty soon as someone not to mess with. He's had some good moments this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't know if he's ever going to be a top six No, player, I don't think but so. But I think he hopefully can fit in in a depth role. He might have to play center hey, well, he, tonight when Letestu he was, just traded. He was 82% tonight in face-offs, Jujar. So, I, I mean, he's doing his job. I, I I like him. He's a big physical man that can, can, can look after his teammates. I don't think you're going to get... 15 to 20 goals out of him, but if you can get 10 to 15 out of him on a consistent basis uh, and add the physical aspect that he brings, he could be an effective hockey player. I think he's one of the players that has played up to his potential and been a pleasant surprise this season. I've said a few times, uh, well, you too, Rob, when people have called in with line suggestions, when they're doing this bad, I, you know, I guess there are no wrong answers. There are some that are little, might be a little more unorthodox. But I finally Googled this because I, I, I had referenced this before, but I, I think I said the wrong manager. Billy Martin, mm-hmm. best known for coaching, the, playing and coaching for the, managing the New York Yankees, actually did a few times in his managerial career draw his batting order literally out of a hat. Uh, he first did it with the he first did it in the majors with the 1972 Detroit Tigers. His team had lost 10 of 14, couldn't score, uh, so he put everybody's name in the hat. This was pre-DH, so except the pitcher, he mm-hmm. left in ninth. So the uh, power-hitting first baseman, Norm Cash, wound up batting leadoff. The shortstop, who was batting 205, wound up in the cleanup spot. Uh, and they won the game 3-2. Imagine the fans coming, okay, why is he <laughs> doing him there? What is wrong with Billy? That's why Billy got fired like four times by the Yankees. 
Oilers lose 4-1 tonight to the Vegas Golden Knights, who are, are, are having an incredible year. They're 38-15-4 as we quickly check the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Now, if Tampa Bay had lost, Vegas would have moved into first overall, but Tampa Bay didn't lose. Stamkos, two goals. Kucherov, a goal. 4-1, the Lightning beat the Red Wings. The Senators knock off the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. Penguins dump the Kings 3-1. Islanders shut out the Rangers 3 nothing. 50 shots or 50 save shutout for Halak, which I mean, they've been getting up six goals a game, it seems like every night. Tonight they give up 50 shots, but they give up zero goals. Devils beat the Hurricanes 5 2. The Sharks knock off the Canucks 4 1. Flames win 4 3 in Nashville. Washington gets a 5 2 decision in Minnesota. Anaheim edges Chicago 3 2. Hawks and Oilers just both way below expectations this year. Coyotes outscore the Canadians 5 5-2, and uh, yeah, Golden Knights 4, Oilers 1. Yeah, no, it uh, it was not a good night for Edmonton or other fans tonight as the Arizona Coyotes creep closer to the Oilers in the standings. Rihanna is on the line. Rihanna, thank you for calling. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, that was a real kind of a golden shower of a game, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, so uh, after that, uh, I'm here for some post-game therapy. Uh, you guys have have uh, been there for me, and a lot of the after a lot of these games, I, I live outside Boston, but I'm from Edmonton. Okay. Grew up an Oilers. I grew up an Oilers fan. I'm a lifelong Oilers fan, and last year was a was a great ride. And uh, but this year, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's been rough. But I just have a few comments. Uh, there was a few positives tonight. Uh, I thought that fight by Jujar was awesome, and. Lucic threw a great hit in the third, but I think it was a bit too late to make a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a little, uh, to get to the negatives, I'm a little concerned about the power play. Um, you know, actually, it's looking like kind of a joke, but uh, did you hear what Bruce McCurdy called it the other day on his podcast? No. He called it the two trailer the two trailer park girls power play. You know that song by Eminem? <laughs> two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Oh, gee. I, I, so, like, see, if it was a Def Leppard <laughs> reference, I would have known it, but Eminem, I'm, I'm lost. Unless it's yeah. Lose Yourself. That, yeah. that, I that's, do know that's, that's kind of funny. Now, now that's in my head, and I'm going to be playing that the rest of the night. Yeah, but, they, well, Rob and I have talked about they they really pass it. Now, they've had some games mm-hmm. lately where they've shot a little more. But uh, man, they they can they can complete a lot of passes on that power play some nights. Yeah, and I'm just wondering if that's a plan, or are they just too scared to kind of collapse in? You know, with a lack of confidence, or is this some kind of you know grand master plan that I'm not seeing? No, I, I don't think it's a master plan. I think that the nights that you see the others shooting and shooting consistently on the power play, it's because they've been told, okay, let's get pucks on net and let's start from there. But what they last year they had some success on their power play and they moved the puck around a lot and they would go cross ice and they would score that way well all the teams in the national hockey league saw that they got video they've watched them they know what made the Oilers successful and they're taking that away and the Oilers haven't adapted they still want to make those plays but those plays aren't there so they just keep passing it around hoping that play is going to open up Yet the, the, the penalty killers are like yeah, you're not coming through here I know what you want to do so the Oilers are probably a little stubborn and I don't think it's the uh, the coaching staff that is 
allowing that to, or wanting that to happen. I think it's the players looking for something that isn't there, where the simple play is put the puck on net and let's work from that. So you're absolutely right. It is concerning because this is a, a power play that won them games, a ton of games last year. You've got two of the best power play guys from last year on the team. You've got the best player in the league on, the, on their power play, and they are producing nothing, and they are losing momentum on their power plays instead of gaining. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a sign of a, a lack of unity as well that I'm seeing um, just on the team. I thought McDavid tonight was doing his best Taylor Hall circa 2012 impression, just rushing up, trying to do everything on his own, which, you know, didn't work so well for Hall, and I don't think it's working very well for McDavid. I mean, there was no chemistry there with Strom. So, you know, it just seems like a breakdown of team unity. And do you think that comes from the coach or, the, you know, the captain or from – Glue guys like Hendricks that we don't have anymore? Like, what's going on? Well, I, I think you made a good point, uh, glue guys. I think that sometimes you overlook players who don't have a big impact on the game sheet, but have a big impact in dressing rooms. And the Oilers lost a good one. I mean, Hendricks, uh, Winnipeg loved to scoop him up, be not because he was going to score them 15 goals, but because what he was going to bring into their dressing room. And the Oilers last year had Hendricks dress every warm-up in the playoffs, though he wasn't even going to play because the players liked having him around. So, yes, glue players are very important for this team. I don't know if that's yeah, I mean, what's uh, wrong. I still argue a player who was a healthy scratch, mostly in the playoffs, still you know, that's still limited impact. Oh, but. limited impact in the game, but it does. It, it's big in no, the no, dressing room. I, yeah. I, I understand, but, but it, what's happening when you when you happen in a when a team is where it is in the standings, pl players start to get frustrated. And when they get frustrated, they go back to I don't know if it's selfish things, but McDavid's well, I'm going to make a difference myself, and that's what we always saw with Taylor Hall that you just referenced. I'm going to make a difference myself, and also with the fact that I don't think right now Connor's line mates tonight um, didn't help. They, they, he, he, the play was ending when he was moving the puck to them. And if all of a sudden, every time you make a play to somebody and it ends, you start trying to do things more yourself. You don't usually have success, but you feel that's what you have to do. So I think from top to bottom tonight, there was very few players that would be happy with the way that they played, and I think Connor would be one of them. Rihanna, it's it's awesome that you listen and, and really appreciate you tuning in. I know obviously it's much, uh, much later where, where you are, so thanks a lot for calling. We hope to hear from you again, okay? Thank you very much. That's Rihanna calling in. I love her Falling music, too. She's got great music, too. Yeah, really does. That's incredible. I don't know if our uh, set our finish the play winner gets an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. From Jet Set Parking, park cheap and easy. Visit oh, jetsetparking.com. Who won? Because I really could use that tomorrow. I'm going to Regina tomorrow, so I could really well, use Well, you're missing that. the next game. I am. I'm going to do... Well, you don't get to see the Coyotes and Oilers play. I'll, I'll PVR it, and, and you can <laughs> let me know. Two of the bottom six teams or whatever it is in the NHL going at it on a Saturday afternoon. That's going to be beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll call. Can I call in for long-time listener, first-time caller? Yeah, you can call caller? in. Yeah, you can just call in. That'd okay. be great. I'll be calling you from Regina. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe I'll get Steve Simmons on the show so you can yell Oh, at, yell I want to spar with him. Let's debate he and I about the Olympic sports. There, there you go. He's loving it, though. Those uh, newspaper columnists. Yeah, you know what? That one was uncalled for. You don't, you don't belittle an athlete who wins a gold medal, or you don't belittle the gold medal that that athlete wins. That's wrong. Fair enough. All right, thank you. 4-1 Vegas beating the Edmonton Oilers tonight. It's 11.31. You'll hear from Mark Letestu when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 
630 chat. Okay, thanks a lot for staying up with us tonight. It's 11.35. What is it? Is it Thursday today, Rob? And I lose the day of the week all day. during the season. It's Thursday all day almost, today. It's almost not Thursday. Uh, an hour Friday and 25 soon. minutes from now, it'll it's be Friday. Friday in South Korea. Yes, it is. It's Friday, 3.30 uh, in the afternoon there. Yeah, that's right. So it's it, you subtract eight hours. And then add, add a day. Add a day. Yes. Right. Yeah, so I mean, if if there's... No, I always wanted to do, like if you like a lotto or something... Call someone in South Korea and ask them to look on the internet to see what tomorrow's... Because it's already tomorrow <laughs> it's, there. It's not time travel, Rob. No, but... It's no, still but now. Marty McFly did it. Look, and he became... What was the guy you're, that... You're, you're crossing the streams. If I well, could work in another... That'd be really reference. cool if it could. If I could just call, like, I don't know, someone like John Morris and say, Hey, what are the lotto numbers? Because I want to buy a ticket. And then I'll share it with you. So you know uh, my buddy Jay? Yep. He, he went over there? Yeah. He put on his Instagram today a frying pan full of silkworms being prepared for a meal. Did he eat them? He, he did not. I texted him and asked him. He said he did, not, he did not eat them. I wouldn't eat them either. That's gross. I wouldn't eat them. No. That's like that TV show Fear Factor. I'm like, I, I'm not scared of it, but that's really gross. Yeah, I just wouldn't eat it. No. Where the, oh. I mean, well, yeah, no. All the ketchup <laughs> in the world is not going to make silkworm good. 4-1 Vegas over the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl got Edmonton's only goal, by the way. You know, here's the thing. That was actually a nice goal. As bad as this game was for the Oilers, that's, Very pretty. that's becoming one of Leon's moves. He likes mm-hmm. to whip that bad angle one-timer. Hey, And that's not easy to do. I mean, he was about a foot and a half off the, the goal line. A bad angle one-timer. Most guys can't even hit the puck. Uh, again, you got Leon and Connor. When they play together, they can find each other doing that. Now it's finding guys to play with Leon and Connor separately and allow them to have these good scoring chances. Uh, that was the only real one that Leon had tonight. Uh, we, we talked before the game, if, if you want to beat Vegas, you can't do it on the back of Connor McDavid and Leon So You have to have depth because Vegas does. Vegas's third and fourth lines were excellent tonight, and they weren't afraid to put their third and fourth lines out against McDavid or Dreisaitl's lines with yep. last change. Well, that's how they've benefited that's how they benefited the most, I think, from the expansion draft. Was they they got experienced? Yeah, but even like they, they, it's almost like they have it's almost like they have two second lines and two third lines. Uh, yeah, but so but he, some but their their third and fourth lines were fourth line guys on well, other teams. Well, true. Bel- Belmar, Belmar was stuff, a fourth yeah. line guy in Philadelphia. Yeah, their, nev- their fourth line's a fourth line, but they played well tonight. They, they did play, play well. Like I've played. never heard of Thomas Nozak. They I've never heard the of Oilers' first line today. <laughs> well, they, well, they they played them head to head. I mean, Ryan Carpenter. Do you know yeah, anything fair, about no, him? No, fair point. The yeah. fourth line's like a yeah. But, but they, they got some speed on the third line, and and they're checking well. They came with a plan on how they wanted to build their team. And they wanted to build their team as to be a team that's fast. And they are fast. And they transition quick. I mean, their defense, are, there's no studs on the back end. Brad Hunt, who couldn't make the Oilers, is playing there and looked well. He's a great story. He is a great story. Great story. And I'm happy for him. I liked him when he played here. And I'm glad he's getting the chance to play there and on a successful hockey club. It's going to be interesting what Vegas does at the trade deadline, simply because they were yep. planning on selling off a lot yeah. of their assets. Let's get all these free agents we can trade. And now they yeah. got, oh, okay, what are we going to do now? we got all these guys with expiring contracts. I hope, I hope they keep their players and make a run. 
I mean, that's it's, yeah. it's they're one, they're one of the most amazing NHL stories of of my lifetime. I I don't think I I'm exaggerating. I think sports stories. I mean, this is a team that's an expansion team that everyone everyone predicted they would yeah. be fighting with Arizona for dead last in the NHL, and instead they're fighting with Tampa Bay for first overall yeah, in the NHL. Yeah. And if you look at them, I mean, why can't they go on an NHL playoff run? And you know what, Rob? They are. They're entertaining to watch. I, I had that stat in in the face-off show. They, they have the best record. They have the best points percentage in the NHL when trailing after two periods. Mm-hmm. And they don't trail after two periods a lot, but they've had dramatic wins. And I know I remember when Florida joined the league and they were good the first year and just barely missed. But they would like, okay, Van Beesbrook, go out there, yeah. make a bunch of saves. Well, you would have we'll played, try, yeah, you you, played against They try to beat you on nothing. Yeah. They, they, and if so they, they got results, but it wasn't like, no. oh, let's sit down and watch this new team. I mean, I, I'll talk to my dad, and I'll be like, oh, what'd you do last night? Well, the Vegas was on, so I watched. Like, they're winning all these people over. And and I and I believe it when I say that the, the Vegas Golden Knights are everybody's second favorite team. That's a great way to and, it. And to me, I'm a huge fan of Flurry. And I, I, if he did not have a concussion, his numbers would have him in the Vezina Trophy race. But he still might he be. He still but, might I mean, be. still... 20, they got, this was their 57th game tonight. And with uh, their other goaltender, Subban, injured, he's going to play the majority, probably 90% of the games coming in. I well, mean, he, he probably would even if Subban was, well, maybe a little well, maybe he'll play a lot. Yeah, yeah. So good on them. We have Brian on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. No, we, oh, now he's gone. All right, so we have Scott on the line. Scott, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you guys? Well, we're doing pretty well. Um, I just want to say I'm a eight-year Edmonton Oilers season ticket holder, even though I lived in Vancouver for the last five years. Oh wow! How does that how does that work? Do you mind me asking? Well, the last the last um, how many years I've been able to sell the seats for the season. Okay. And then hopefully to go to a playoff game. Then last year they finally make the playoffs and they'll make it down for a uh, playoff game. Okay. Oh, cool. Good for you. And I still I still listen to you guys, and uh, you know I I'm an Oilers fan, but I'm just like this is just bad. Like I, you know, I, I buy the center ice package. You know what I mean. I just watch the game, and just like, it gets so frustrating. Well, this was this was a really bad game tonight. I mean, it's fr- it's frustrating for fans to watch and lose. The the last couple games were entertaining, quite wildly yeah. er- entertaining. Didn't yep. get the result you wanted, but yeah. I mean, the Oilers, Scott. I I said to Rob halfway through the second period, I, I don't think they're going to score. Like it just looked really bleak. Rob said, "Ah, well, they might get one." He's usually right, <laughs> but yeah, they didn't have anything going offensively tonight. You know, my wife tells me I'm a sucker for punishment because I'll still watch the games, and she's like, she's like, Scott, it's over. You know what I mean? The season's done. Like, you know, but, you know, I still watch it. I still listen to it. You know, I still listen to you guys. And I'm just like, I'm just like so frustrated, you know? Well, we like we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you know, Rob and I are here <laughs> regardless of the <laughs> results, and we, we genuinely like uh, like talking to people, and, and we know there have been some tough years, so we do appreciate that you called, man. No, I enjoy you guys' show. Like last year, when the playoffs were on, you know, like I listened to Jason Greger in the daytime still, drive around in my car. Like I was so pumped for the playoffs. And this year, I was just kind of like thinking something better was going to happen. And I'm just, yeah, just, yeah. You, know, well, you, you and a lot of people. Yeah, yeah hugely. Dis- I mean, honestly, Scott, look, I don't proclaim to know everything. And I, I often joke how bad my predictions usually turn out to be. But if you would have said to me, like, Read what's your worst case scenario for the Oilers this season? I might have said like I don't know, eighty-five points, eighty-six points. You know, and they miss the something. A lot of bad things happen, and they miss the playoffs by six or eight. Like like they're gonna finish probably with 
75, 70, like who knows, but like probably in the 70s for points, the way it's well, going. Hope, sorry enough, yeah, I hope something happens. Like, I mean, you know, like when, when, we, when they did the trade for Larson at first, I was kind of like, you know, I was upset that Hall was gone. Then I thought, okay, well, you know, we needed a defenseman, and now we need wing. Like you guys were talking about earlier, saying, you know, we got rid of our wingers for defensemen, and it's just like... I don't, yeah, I don't know. What well, like happen, we said, you got to, you got at some point you have to develop uh, in internal solutions, and yeah, I mean every, everything, uh, even a lot of the moves that people liked last year now now look bad, right? So it's just everything's gone bad. Well, I, I really enjoy your guys' show. I'm ho- I'm hoping uh, you know next year's a better. Obviously, next year's a better year, and uh, yeah. Okay, anyway. Scott, take care, yeah, buddy. Great night. Yeah, take care. Bye. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose four one. Back to Vegas. The guy who probably won't be an Oiler much longer. Here's Mark Letestu. You've been able to play some good hockey in spurts and then come back when the other team's been able to take the lead. Why not tonight? They're a good team. We uh, continually go down one, two goals. Uh, they're going to come back every night. Uh, I think they're twenty and four at home now. Twenty one. Uh, you go down two goals on a team like that that plays as detailed and, and as well defensively as that, uh, it's very, very difficult to come back. Are there some mental hurdles for the Oilers right now to get past, maybe get the first goal, a power play goal early, something to help you guys maybe turn the ship around? Yeah, I mean, a break. Uh, but that being said, you make your breaks. Uh, and we are, We're not playing with enough... Uh, enough detail, enough intensity in some of the things to, to give us success right now. And, and that's that's the difference. Um, the team over there, was they were just a little harder than we were tonight. Um, and they finished around the net, and we weren't able to do it. Is that something that has to be made? All right, that's Mark Letestu. And, uh, yeah, as he said, just a, a tough night for the Oilers. Game gets going in the wrong direction. They're scored on first again 36 times, uh, 36 times in 56 games this year. The Oilers have trailed uh, at least one nothing. It often it often gets more than that. It was four nothing before the Oilers scored tonight. So it's tough. They've lost uh, they've lost five in a row, and uh, this m- might have been the well. This was pr- probably the worst out of the five. I mean, I know they f- they had that awful thir- first period in San Jose, but they actually fought back and had the lead. Oddly enough, in that game, this one was just just dry all around. Yeah, it was. There was at no point, and you said it. You didn't think the Oilers were going to get a goal, and at no point did you think the Oilers. This was a game that they could turn around and get in their favor. It just they once they had that first power play, they didn't score. Vegas, they started pushing forward, and the the the, the puck races, the the battles, the uh, defensive zone. Like, Vegas was better in every little aspect of the game and I mean obviously they should be there one of the top teams in the National Hockey League but it's it, it was it was discouraging and I think that on the we do the four star it, w- it was a tough night tonight to pick an oiler that had a good night yeah yeah Jujar won a fight so we picked him he wins okay so 4-1 Vegas is the final you can get more on 630ched.com Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Remember, I'll be at the live from the Terwilliger Rec Center for the Family Day Classic. And Caitlin Laws, Olympic gold medalist, will be one of my guests. Thanks to our studio producer, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. So Saturday's game, 12.30 face-off show, 2 p.m. start, Oilers at Coyotes. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you.